0: Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is January 5th. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about Joseph Smith history leading up to the first vision. Before we jump into one of the principles that we can find there in the scriptures, I want to talk a little bit more about the different versions of the first vision that we have. It's interesting because critics outside of the church often point to the different versions of the first vision as evidence that Joseph Smith was making up the whole story. There are some little differences between all the different versions. They all tell the same story, but with different details in each version. They think that because there are differences in the story that clearly Joseph Smith was not telling the truth. I look at that and I think, the exact opposite. I know personally, if I am telling a story to different groups of people, I'm going to emphasize different things. And we can actually see that that's the case in the Bible as well. We have four different gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all four of them were telling about the birth, life, and atonement of Jesus Christ. They all tell the same story, but they emphasize different details of the story. For example, the Gospel of Matthew was written to the Jews, and it was written with the purpose of showing the Jews how Jesus Christ fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. Several times Matthew will write something and he'll say, thus it was fulfilled, and then talk about a prophecy from the Old Testament. His audience was the Jews, and so his focus was on one particular thing. The Gospel of Mark was written to the Gentiles and was trying to prove to the Gentiles the divinity of Jesus Christ. So 25% of the book of Mark is comprised of the miracles that Jesus worked, trying to show the Gentiles that he was divine. Luke was a scholar. He was a physician. So it makes sense that he told the story of Jesus Christ through the parables that the Savior taught. And the book of John was written to members of the church, And so as we read the book of John, it's kind of next level spiritual. He's really trying to talk about the doctrines and the principles of the gospel through the life of Jesus Christ. So four different accounts of the life of Jesus Christ. The story is the same. They all tell about the birth, life, and death of the Savior. But because they were written to different audiences, they go about telling the story differently. And that's exactly the case with Joseph Smith. Each of his four accounts that he had written about the first vision were written to different audiences in different times facing different challenges. And because of that, he emphasized different aspects of the first vision. The different versions of the first vision do not disqualify it as truth. All it does is give us a fuller picture of what really happened. And we can know what happened. We can know truth for ourselves by going to our Father in heaven in prayer, approaching the source of all truth. We can know for ourselves what took place in that sacred grove. So let's move on to a couple of verses in Joseph Smith history. Starting in verse 8, it says, During this time of great excitement, my mind was called up to serious reflection and great uneasiness. But though my feelings were deep and often poignant, still I kept myself aloof from all these parties. So great were the confusion and strife among the different denominations that it was impossible for a person, young as I was, and so unacquainted with men and things, to come to any certain conclusion who was right and who was wrong. In the midst of this war of words and tumult of opinion, I often said to myself, "'What is to be done?' Who of all these parties is right? Or are they all wrong together? If any one of them be right, which is it? And how shall I know it? Now it's interesting because I think a lot of times when we're talking about the first vision and Joseph Smith history, oftentimes we think of a boy who attended a meeting or two and was confused, happened to read a verse in the Bible, decided to pray, walked into some woods, and there it was. It was done. But there's something really, really interesting in Joseph Smith history, verse 5. It says that these religious revivals started the second year after they moved to Manchester. So it would have been around 12 years old when all of these meetings began. And even though oftentimes the movies portray it as being a very quick process, Joseph Smith struggled for years. For years, he searched. For years, he attended meetings. For years, he was confused, and our Father in Heaven allowed that. He allowed him to be confused, and he allowed him to search. He allowed him to not know what to do. So the question is, why? Why let him be confused for a couple years? Why not just answer his question? In a talk called Blessed from on High, President Hunter said, Obviously, it was important to God's purposes that young Joseph was not able to see too clearly amidst the confusion caused by men, lest that half-light keep him from seeking and beholding the source of all light and all truth. I love this idea that our Father in heaven let him wonder, let him be confused for two years, because if he had a portion of the truth, if he had that half-light, then he may not have sought the truth with the same fervor that he needed in that sacred grove. Our father in heaven, out of love for Joseph, let him struggle. Let him be confused. Let him flounder so that through the confusion, through the hard things, he would press forward with greater strength towards our father in heaven. Now, my friends, I think that that is an important lesson for you and I, each of us deal with our hard things. Each of us live in a world and a time that can be confusing, that can be difficult, where we feel like we need Heavenly Father's help urgently. We all have those moments, and we all have those moments where we feel like Heavenly Father is silent, or maybe even sometimes distant. But I love this idea that perhaps our Father in Heaven keeps us in the dark so that we continue to reach with all our strength and effort to Him, so that when we cry out, it will be with the urgency needed for answers to come. Now, don't take that the wrong way. I don't think our Father in Heaven takes pleasure in watching us squirm and hurt and be confused and frustrated. I don't think He's sitting there just waiting back and say, hey, when they want me enough, then I'll step in. He takes no pleasure in that. But when we reach up to Him urgently he is able to reach out to us. President Nelson said, when you reach up for the Lord's power in your life with the same intensity that a drowning person has when gasping and grasping for air, power from Jesus Christ will be yours. When the Savior knows you truly want to reach up to him, when he can feel that the greatest desire of your heart is to draw his power into your life, You will be led by the Holy Ghost to know exactly what you should do. My friends, I truly believe that our Father in Heaven wants to give us all the good things. He wants all the blessings for us. He wants to pour His love out on us. He truly is the giver of all good gifts. But I also believe that He wants us to seek Him with real intent, with real fervor. In that same talk, President Hunter said, There may be so much our Father in Heaven would like to give us if we would but seek His presence regularly through such avenues as scripture study and earnest prayer. Of course, developing spirituality and attuning ourselves to the highest influence of godliness is not an easy matter. It takes time and frequently involves a struggle. My friends, I can't imagine time better spent or a fight worth fighting more than becoming in tune with our Father in Heaven and fervently seeking His blessings. I testify that they do come. Even in times when you feel alone, even in times where maybe you feel like Heavenly Father can't hear you or isn't interested, I testify that He is there. He is listening. He is aware. Continue to seek Him. Continue to strive to come nearer to Him. And I testify that in his time and in his way, he will reveal himself to you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.